0: Hi, I'm Carl Fielder, and this is not another empty suit. I'd like to introduce my guests today. This is Kate and Swati. Kate.
1: Good morning, Carl. My name is Kate Willoughby. Um, I've been working in the field of corporate responsibility for about 15 years and really passionate about the ability of companies to make a positive difference in this
2: world. And Swati. Hi, Carl. Hi, Kate. Uh, My name is Swati Randev Verma and I've been uh, working in corporate responsibility and sustainability for the last 10 years, uh, specifically focused on the Middle East.
0: Together, we're going to try and give you some insights into how businesses can address the sustainability challenge and using our experience to give you some examples of things that have gone right and gone wrong. So my angle on sustainability is maybe slightly different from yours, and that's why I'm really so grateful to have your time today. 1992, Rio Earth Summit, we got most of the world's governments together, Mm. and we said we got one really major goal, let's reduce greenhouse gases. Here we are, 2019, and we're 40% higher in greenhouse gases than we were in 1992. As a businessman, I would say that means the plan has failed, but at what point do we put our hands up and go, whatever we were doing, that didn't work. Now, from your perspective, do you think we've failed?
1: I think we've failed. I think kind of the beginning of that sentence was about governments came together and I think when the way to make real impact through companies is for it to be led by the companies um, and and for them to own the agenda and drive the agenda so they have to be part of that decision making at the beginning and perhaps in that situation they weren't so I know for example in um, the UK when I worked for an organisation there business in the community that was born out of the kind of Toxteth and um, Brixton riots in 1981 and companies came together and said to have healthy high streets we need healthy back
0: streets. So you're saying that we need riots in order <laughs> to get the governments to take this problem I'm seriously?
1: That it has to come from the companies propelled to make to take action and maybe in that instance it wasn't it wasn't the company's decision it was something that was committed without their input and I think that in that situation. So the
0: mistake maybe. was the world governments didn't bother to ask business, yeah. what do you think about this? Yeah, what so did you agree?
2: Absolutely, I completely agree with Kate. Um, and I think that's the change we're seeing even when we look at the, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Goal number 17 is the private sector coming together to bring about the change um, to meet these 17 goals by 2030. So I think uh, when you look at a materiality analysis as an example, the the amount of corporates and the influence they have on the societies that they operate in, be it in terms of operations, be it in terms of employability, that number is substantially higher. Um, and has a lot more impact in the world. Um, governments have policies, a s- certain amount of, sort of, you know, they're, they're slightly more regimental. They need to follow the policies, they need to make sure it's signed off, et cetera. Whereas corporates have a slightly freer hand, if I may, um, to kind of implement local internal and external strategies for their own people, for their vendors, for their stakeholders as well.
0: So you think corporates are, are better at making decisions than governments? you think if we've got this massive decision that we need to take to really address a global problem that maybe corporates are more used to making really hard choices than maybe elected governments are
2: um, I would say yes and no. I don't think I don't think better is the right word. I don't think corporates are better at it, but I think they're they're perhaps a little more agile. If they need to take a, a decision, be it you know in terms of uh, harsh decisions to lay off employees when there's a crisis happening, it's more difficult for governments to lay off their government employees as opposed to a private organization. They're able to take that decision based on the numbers that are presented, etc. So I think um, it, the, the 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 lack of accountability on a mass level is what makes corporate slightly easier to operate and perhaps be able to take those decisions, whereas the government then becomes answerable to you know, uh, its people, other governments around the world, etc.
0: While I might agree with that, the issue is that greenhouse gases are still going up. Yeah. Yeah. So whether or not it's corporates or government that should be taking the lead, the fact is the greenhouse gas emissions are still going up. Yeah. So. How does that fit in to corporate strategy? Both of you have experience in CSR, corporate social responsibility. I never understood, as a businessman, why sustainability is part of corporate social responsibility. Kate, educate me.
1: Well, for me, I mean, sustainability is just about how you operate as a business as a whole, and that is broken down in so many companies in so many different ways. You can have, um, you know, safety as a priority, greenhouse gas emissions are a priority, or your society is. priority again it comes back to what's the driver for your business what's the driver for the government and it's kind of that core beginning which you know helps decide the strategy and what you're going to be most passionate and impactful about so again you know i think about the partnerships that's one of the most important things because we all have slightly different agendas and priorities but actually where there's commonalities and working together that's where we can make the most impact you know for us um you know in some the companies i've worked for safety is the absolute priority because that you know it's a dangerous business and in others it's about um you know health and well-being of employees or the communities because they're selling chocolate for example so you know it, it really depends on what is the most kind of prominent issue for the business or the government at that time, and then just find those commonalities
2: to work together.
0: Swati, so, what do you think should be the priority?
2: I think it's at, at this point in time. I think corporates need to understand that the priority is uh, a sustainable operating model, whether it be internal or external, um, and I think those tie in very, 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 very closely. Um, when we look at uh, you know corporates in, for instance. Airlines right so what is their impact on for instance the environment versus you know a financial services firm um, That has substantially lower amount of impact on on the environment, but does that? Mean that they don't need to take action. I'm
0: not going to let you get away with that financial services firms have massive impact Because they decide where to invest money and at the moment they're investing money in all sorts of crazy things Uh, I've had teams come to me and tell me that the most important thing in the world is to create a new app for hailing helicopters. Now, honestly, it's useless. It doesn't help me in the world sustainably to live my life. And I come back to both of you Mm -hmm. on the real issue, prioritization. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw from the World Economic Forum recently, Greta Thunberg's speech. This young lady, uh, only barely a teenager, she had a really simple, straightforward point. She looked at the world governments and the world representatives and the business leaders that were sitting there and she said, I don't know what you're all talking about. Our house is on fire. Why are you not rushing around trying to find a solution to this issue? At the moment you've formed a committee to agree on what color to paint the bathroom. The house is on fire. So for all this stuff about safety being more important or whether we put too much palm oil in our chocolates, Climate change is going to make sure, yeah. if we let it continue as it is, that we don't have a habitable planet. Yeah. And so from uh, gender equality, from a poverty perspective, from all of those things, my perspective is they all have to take second place. Right. If we can't live on our planet anymore, yeah. everything else is secondary. Or yeah. do you disagree?
1: No, it's actually really interesting because it reminded me of when Swati and I, actually, we, our companies came together and we went to a school here and we volunteered um, and we were teaching the children about the sustainable development goals. There's 17 goals, 17 issues, and they have this exact argument about what is the most important goal. And of course, there's climate action within that. And they got so passionate and arguing and they said, well, you know, it came down for, for them. One of the most important goals was peace and security, yeah. because if you don't have a peaceful society, um, then how are you even going to be able to ta- start to tackle climate change, for example? Or and then other children said, no, um, you know, safe drinking water um, and health and well-being because we need to be healthy human beings. So let me just be get this. You're telling me
0: change. that my view on this is childlike.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <You're> telling <laughs> me that I have the same thought processes as a child. Yeah. And maybe I do. Because yeah. I just want this boiled down to something I can execute yeah. as a businessman. Yeah. I don't want 17 goals. Yeah. I've never run a business that has 17 goals. Yeah. yeah. I like businesses that have one two maybe yeah. three goals because I can prioritize them I can yeah. set some KPIs and I can get on with it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's right you know simplicity is key in whatever is being done around sustainability simplicity is key to make it um, um, attractive for everyone to buy into and just and and have that commonality of goal again to drive forward and achieve but yeah if you have 17 i agree that it's difficult and maybe it does create too much debate but it was slightly maslow's hierarchy of needs in this discussion like how can if you're not educated or healthy how do you know even or how can you begin to tackle climate change if you don't have food on the table um, and the education to know what climate change is so and I, think that, the... yeah,
2: and I think a lot of that has to do with the geographies that, you know, this was done. And in, mm. for instance, we obviously did this in Dubai, which is in the Middle East. Um, and, and the children going to school here are perhaps a little more exposed to, to local issues, which are um, related perhaps a little more to war and peace in some parts of the world here. So they were more perhaps conscious of what was happening. Would this be the case if we were to go a little more to the East? Would it be the case if we were to go a little more to the West? Perhaps not. But I suppose the point is that perceptions then start to change and, and again if we were to conduct this let's say in Africa I think the children there would arguably debate and perhaps be a little more focused on making sure that there's clean drinking water and food to eat yeah um, whereas if you um, perhaps go a little bit more west it would then become about education making sure that you know there's a focus on education and this is again us just focusing on the sdgs and prioritizing and i suppose that's what that's what they're trying to do with the sdgs is to make sure that not one particular goal is given you know uh, excessive emphasis if i may but i think all those 17 goals rightly called the sustainable development goals Are an attempt for the corporate world and the governments to come together to be able to work towards a sustainable world, society, um, a corporate sector uh, for, let's say, an SME that operates, um, you know, more in the environment sector. They can then start focusing on, you know, life on land life on water, because that's their expertise. And they can pick that up and focus on that. Um, You know, Another organization that that works with uh, refugees in war struck countries can then start focusing on that and start contributing towards that goal. But
0: as climate change really kicks in, we're going to see a reduction in the amount of of arable land that's available. Mm -hmm. We're going to see sea level rise, which is going to massively impact people living close to the coast. So all of the sustainable development goals are going to end up being ways to try and address the primary cause which is climate change because the climate change is going to force a lot of these other things so yes i agree we should live on a peaceful planet living on a peaceful planet which is so hot that we as a species can't survive means it's irrelevant the peace question in my view is actually going to be driven by the climate change issues so one of the points i'd like to just come back to is Uh, There was a statistic recently from a Carbon Majors report written um, by a bunch of analysts looking at the way that world corporates have reported their carbon footprints. Since 1988, 71% of greenhouse gas emissions have come from 100 companies. Now, We've got so many people coming to Davos, coming to the COP meetings, coming all over the world, flying there and creating carbon footprint. But they're coming together to debate really difficult things. If 71% of greenhouse gas emissions came from 100 companies, let's put them in a room and give them something straightforward to do. Isn't that an easier way of doing it? Rather than try and solve all the wrongs of the world. I have no objection to the fact that We should live in a more balanced society. Mm. We should give more opportunities to people. Certainly, poverty is a problem. Hunger is a problem. Mm. Peace, making sure it's peaceful. That's all. Yes. But this is sitting around the campfire, singing Kumbaya while the world is burning.
1: Yeah. I, but maybe it's on that messaging. So that is one report that said that about seventy-one companies. But you know, you can read a different report the next day that says actually the biggest, um, you know, contributor to greenhouse gas emissions is you know um, uh, farming or you know become vegan. Or and I just don't think there's the clarity of message for anyone to really know what they need to be addressing. Um, and because there's just so many different reports out there about who is the contributor. I've been in meetings with other sustainability professionals with you know, an airline, and agricultural company, and they were actually arguing who was worse because almost neither of them knew who had worse carbon emissions. And I think there's just that lack of understanding. And if there could just be that one clear message about what is the key issue, and then we can all address it, that, that would be a huge step to solve so it. So
0: to come back to Greta Thunberg's analogy, yeah, those people sitting in the room are arguing whether the bathroom should be red or green. Yes, yeah. The house is still on fire yeah. and they're wasting time. Yeah. How do we get some urgency in this?
2: I think um, I think I think it's, uh, it's 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 a tough one. It's a very tough one. If we look at what's happened with, uh, for instance, the Paris Agreement, with uh, the United States stepping back and saying, "Look, you know, we don't believe in this. We're not going to sign it," um, and uh, and and you know, the rest of the world kind of, you know, <laughs> saying, "Well, I think you need to you need to do something about it," um, and uh, it, it's it's about proportions it's about who's having the most impact um, and how these these massive countries with the with the most amount of impact on the environment um, whether they're taking responsibility for their actions or not um are they investing um you know are they are they going out of their way to say look we've made a mess just like the rest of the world but just because of our numbers whether it be our carbon footprint or physical numbers in terms of people that we actually have, um, we need to do something above and beyond. Um, so the United States, as opposed to the United Arab Emirates, you know, there's a, it's a very big difference in terms of size, in terms of the impact that they have um, on, the, on, the, um, on the planet. And I think um, for the whole world, we've been a little bit shocked in the last couple of years with what's happened, um, you know, on a government level when it comes to sustainability conversations. Um, and, and I think the shock is, is, is slowly sinking in that there are some big guns out there that refuse to address the fact that the house is burning.
0: But also, don't you think it's a bit of a challenge that we somehow have come to the conclusion that this is a government level issue mm. and the governments are going to fix it? I've been thinking about this, I'm not sure that a government actually has a carbon footprint. If you look at any individual economy Mm. anywhere in the world, the carbon footprints that contribute to the government reporting of their carbon footprint are actually company decisions. This is all driven by whether a particular bottled water company decides they're going to have plastic or recyclable glass bottles. That decision impacts the country's carbon footprint. But the decision is taken in the boardroom, and mostly it's an economic decision, by board members. Now, if we said to those same board members, okay, you're gonna stick with plastic, we're gonna charge you $10 per bottle to recycle that plastic, and put that as a tax on your bottles, we would force them to make a different business decision. So, my driver on this is, let's somehow try and encourage CEOs to do the right thing, there are many great CEOs that are very engaged now. That are saying we don't necessarily need global governmental action here because yeah. we can do it, and we're prepared to go above and beyond what they're asking us to do. Yeah,
2: so I think I think you're absolutely right, and you've hit the nail on the head. I think it needs to be um, the corporates, a being taxed for their impact on on the environment and their um, you know operating models, how they're changing them, and it, and so on and so forth. But I think. Uh, I slightly disagree with you on the government angle just because I think whilst the government itself doesn't might not necessarily have a carbon footprint of its own, I do think they have the power to implement policy changes to be able to implement taxes, for instance. So if the government says, look, if, if your you know, carbon footprint you know, per capita is X um, and if you don't reduce it by 5% in the next year, your tax will then go up by 5%.
0: Rottie, I'd love to agree with you but 27 years ago at Rio, that was discussed. And no government has managed across the board to come up with an action like that. Exactly. And yet shareholders of companies can put that amount of tax on their businesses. They can say, we're not gonna invest in your company if you don't have a really good sustainability strategy. If you have a commitment to reducing your global warming impact, we can penalize you where it hurts, which is in your pocket. So I don't think it's just governments, because. Honestly, after 27 years, I have to say it's failed. Whatever the government plan was, if we're 40% higher on greenhouse gas emissions than we were 27 years ago, it hasn't worked. Yeah. Yeah. And doing, continuing to do the same things, and expect a different outcome—we've yeah. got to change the argument. We've got to change the whole discussion.
2: Yeah, and I think what happened 27 years ago, what what's what's what was intended 27 years ago, is not happened because there was no urgency, or there was no sense of, um, you know, what Kate said earlier, this might not happen in our lifetime. So this is not my problem. My children will live through this. It's their children's problem. Mm. Um, And that's obviously exponentially escalated in the last i would say not even 27 years i'd say in the last 10 years
0: do you see that kate that in businesses that because the decision horizon for climate change and for most of these sustainability impacts is longer than the the average lifespan of a ceo yeah that they're not taking these decisions just because it isn't within their decision horizon
1: i definitely think that's a a huge factor and i think that's probably one of the changes that coming about is that you know it used to be very uh it was a kind of different world, wasn't it? Like we are much more um considerate of, of that whole aspect of our children and our children's future and perhaps there wasn't that in the past. More it was more like, you know you kind of, you want your child to do well um, and achieve, but it, it wasn't necessarily had that landscape of environmental challenges. Now, I think there's a lot, you know, even CEOs will have families. And I think that's one of the big things that we do in terms of staff engagement is to appeal to people and colleagues is around, you know, we all have an investment now and it might not be in your lifetime, but it is in your children's lifetime, your children's children. And I think Again, it's making it appealing and getting the messaging right to make people want to make those decisions. And I don't think that there was that awareness in the past about kind of the bigger picture stuff. It was, you know, in the 80s, it was money, money, money. And I think there's absolutely still that drive, yeah. financial drive. Yeah. It would be uh, unrealistic to, to not address, to realise that. But, you know, most of us have families and friends and we want a better better society. And I, and I truly believe that companies are not this big bad beast they are run by people and people are inherently good and I believe that and I think that you know um, that's where the change comes in if we can just again make the messaging or the need clear then we'll all work for the greater good but there's just too much noise and confusion about there about what what we maybe all need to be addressing.
0: Great so between us I reckon we've got somewhere around three decades of experience (laughs) in sustainability and in helping companies do the right thing. For each of you, what three things would you advise a CEO of a major global organisation to do now in terms of the sustainability strategy?
1: Great question. Um, I mean, I think one of one of the main things that has to come from it has to come from a personal passion. You have to find out what actually you know uh, makes them tick, because no one does anything that they're not really passionate about. We can all maybe try and go for a run or whatever and be be better people and fit, but if we're not really passionate about it, we're gonna the trainers are going to end up in the cupboard. So for me, it's about really understanding the drivers for the CEO and helping them understand about you know how they can do that in a more sustainable way and business benefit societal environmental win and i mean that's not necessarily three points but that's the main one for me that you know it doesn't have to be one or the other we can have this win-win situation for business society environment so for me it's understanding those
2: drivers and just getting that connection and and then people will be passionate
0: swati
2: yeah i agree i agree with what kate said and i think um, um just kind of like sort of extrapolating that a little bit what what probably needs to be done is uh, some kind of a materiality analysis with uh, with a focus on employee engagement as well to make sure that they're feeling a part of the conversation because sometimes uh you know the management or the leadership of an organization or a corporate ends up taking decisions and wants to implement them whereas you know people feel a little bit disengaged and they realize that you know um, and they've got some great ideas and they don't agree with uh you know some of the issues that perhaps the the top leadership might think are issues so i would say perhaps some kind of materiality analysis um along with uh, corporate engagement which would then lead to formulating a strategy but for me the key is the third element of it, which is accountability. If there's no accountability on behalf of uh, the CEOs, the leadership, even the people who are are kind of working in the companies, um, and the accountability uh, could be towards governments, could be towards your shareholders, could be towards your own employees. um, If that is lacking, then we've missed the ball. For the next 27 years, we'll still have the house burning if we don't include an element of substantial accountability
0: thank you both my feedback is for ceos to realize that climate change is caused by business decisions Mm -hmm. and it's up to us as business people to make better business decisions so we can address the burning house thank you both very much for your time this has been not another empty suit see you next time